everyone, and welcome to God's Plan, Your Part, a podcast where our goal is to read the entire Bible in a year, seeking to understand God's plan of redemption while discovering daily and practically your part in it. Hey everybody, welcome back. Today we are in Psalms once more, except today is a unique Psalm in that it is probably the shortest one in the entire Bible. It is three verses long, so we'll probably talk more than there is (laughs) reading by a lot. Indeed. (laughs) This might be the shortest episode we do. I don't know. It is packed full of interesting things though. Like it says a lot about things that we have just previously talked about. So that's kind of cool. Possibly next year when we do this, we'll make sure that the amount of reading is evenly distributed. Yeah, for real. Because when we get to Psalm 119, we're reading like 80 verses at a time. It's quite insane. So I really like the first verse because it just opens up with this, Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. So we just talked yesterday about how all the tribes are um, becoming unified and rallying behind David because he is king. So it's kind of cool to hear um, like almost David's perspective of it, like how awesome it is to be finally unified. So I, I kind of liked that. This Psalm is attributed to David. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's explicitly called out that David wrote it. Uh, it also, the word that is used for brothers, the Hebrew word is like explicitly related brothers. So that can be applied to like a, a family unit where there's three or four brothers, but it can also be applied to a tribal unit. So mm-hmm. here, here it's literally referring to um, the descendants of Jacob of Israel, that they are dwelling in unity together. Mm-hmm. Well, then it goes into verse two and three, and that's it. Uh, but <laughs> two and three are these two similes that connect what David is so excited and happy about to like these cool visuals. So we have this first one, which I didn't totally understand until we dug into it a little bit more. Uh, But it talks about the oil on um, Aaron's head that, that would come down, like that would flow down on his face and then down onto his robes. But when we looked at um, some commentary, it talked about how when the oil would flow down his face and onto his robes, if you remember back to when we talked about what was on the robes, there is like, I don't remember what the special words are, but like embroidery or something. There's there's literally like a breastplate with different Yeah, with all the different, yes, for all the different tribes. Mm -hmm. So that oil running over each one of them unifies them as well, which is kind of cool if you think about it. It's like, oh, that is also another symbol of this unity. You can also call back that there was uh, some, some kind of super powerful spiritual essential oils. Way, oh, that's right. Way better than Young yeah, Life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Young, young Life? Young Living. I was young Living. Say, young Life, I think, is like yeah, an it's organization. Like a ministry. <laughs> Way better than Young Living or doTERRA. <laughs> Basically, uh, there was this super special oil that only the priests were allowed to mix and make for anointing different things. But, like, you weren't even allowed to share the recipe. And so, <laughs> it's like Colonel How Sanders. secret? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, th- so that this is imagery that's lost on us. Because we don't think about oils like, oh, wow, that's amazing. Maybe you do. I don't know. Uh, But they would have understood it as how the high priest was anointed, how the priest's robes and stuff were anointed. And so that anointing is spiritual and represents, you know, essentially the ability to go into the presence of God. And so it was amazing. This is not just like, oh, yeah, put some stuff on your face. Yeah. So the second uh, 
visual that it gives us is in verse three, where it talks about the dew of Hermon. So um, what I had read about this was get the, like the image in your mind of dew resting on, um, what was it like fields or vegetation that would rely on that, um, that moisture or whatever when when it's not rainy in order to make the land fruitful. And you could probably actually see that, uh, if you have a yard, um, in the, in the morning when you go outside and it's kind of damp, that is what's, that's, what's feeding the grass. That's what's taking care of the Mm -hmm. grass. And, And when it's not rainy, the dew falls on it. What's interesting about verse three is that Hermon is the tallest mountain in Israel. I prefer Hermon. Hermon, Hermon, Hermon. Um, Zion is one of the smallest mountains in Israel. And so what it's saying is like the greatest to the least benefits from the blessing. Right. Uh, so there's there's kind of like this agricultural application, and then there's also a geographical application. So all, all the land benefits from the dew, and the blessing goes from the greatest to the smallest. Well, I think it's just, I think these word pictures are really cool and helpful to me, especially after we dug into it a little bit more to um, expand that idea of unity even further. But then you were looking up some other things from the New Testament that kind of tied into this a little bit. So unity is a is a huge, I think there's probably a lot of room for discussion here. Unity is a huge thing that we are commanded to. And so here in Psalm 133, this is a psalm about the blessings of unity. We are seeing the blessings of unity in First Chronicles 11 and 12, when the tribes finally come together and serve under God, under David. Uh, there's blessing that comes with that. Jesus, uh, it's called the high priestly prayer in John 17, actually talks about, I want to read exactly what it says, because it's kind of interesting how he says it. So Jesus prays, for his followers, starting, this is John 17, verse 20. I do not ask for these only, meaning his disciples, his immediate followers, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one, I in them, you in me, that they may become perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you loved me. So you'll notice like how often he says one, one, one. Mm-hmm. I, I love that Jesus says, hey, I want to I pray for these guys, but also everybody that comes to faith because of what they say, which is th- that's how we have come to faith. The power of the Holy Spirit and the words of the apostles pass down and down and down and down. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, there's this call to unity. One of the things that Jesus says in this call to unity is that when we are unified, that is when we are the best witness of God to the people. So when, when people who are not believers see a unified church, that will draw them to glorify God. It's really interesting. And then that carries over. Um, Ephesians has some passages about unity. Galatians has some passages about unity. Galatians is the one that came to my mind immediately. Uh, it says there's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free. There's neither male nor female for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you're Abraham's offspring heirs according to the promise. So here Paul's trying to unify a church that would have been like incredibly split. You have rich people and poor people. You have actually in the early church, uh, one of the first problems they had to seriously figure out was that uh, slaves and masters attended the same church. And when they went to church, they were on the same level. 
Mm-hmm. And so, like, how do you handle that? It was not slavery like we understand slavery today. We've talked about that in some of our past episodes. Uh, but it was a real problem in the church that everybody had access to God, and there was not, like, a hierarchy of who was important and who wasn't. Caste system. Yeah, that didn't exist. Um, and then Ephesians 4 uh, talks about uh, there is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. So unity like i feel like i just made like a long case for (laughs) unity which is literally what the psalm commands it's a necessary piece because the only time that israel was successful was when they were unified Uh, i think that kind of goes for like even the church today like we can't have all these fleeting or like what do we always call them like tiered opinionated things that like are huge divisive pieces because I don't want to be involved in that. If You know what I mean? Like, if I was an outsider looking in, I would not want to join a group of people that were completely divided and um, not seeing. It's it's very interesting. And this is probably like a, a deep dive episode or something where we could really, like, dig into this. Um, an outsider looking at the church. What? How many, how many different kinds of Christianity are there in the world today? I don't know. Hundreds. A lot. A lot. How many How many kinds of Christianity are in your immediate town? Probably a lot. At least at least more than one, I would think. Um, even in my tiny little town, there were, I mean, my tiny little town where everybody was pretty much Mennonite, there were also Lutherans. And they were <gasps> not like Mennonites. Scandal. Uh, it was funny. <laughs> That's extra credit. <laughs> the Lutheran churches uh, sprung up out of people that wanted to fight in World War II. So they're like, hey, I'm not into this Mennonite thing anymore. See ya. <laughs> so we ended up with Lutheran churches. That's funny. Um, but... What are the odds? It is interesting. Like, we live in a politically divisive age. Um, there are many, 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 many things that divide believers. And it does seem, in some ways, like, how would we ever have complete unity in the body of Christ? I would say constantly be in the word and, like, be truly dedicated to, like, good study uh, or, like, deep study that is. I don't know, like, backed up in truth. I feel like a lot of the times anymore. You can go, like, really weird places really quickly with no or very little knowledge of what you're talking about. Um, so I think definitely asking hard questions, but finding answers from people who are seasoned. <laughs> I don't know. How else would you describe that? I was trying to think of this quote. I'd heard this quote before. Um, in, es- in Essentials Unity and Non-Essentials Liberty in all things charity. So it's basically like we are united in Christ. That's non-negotiable. Mm-hmm, like if, mm-hmm. if you don't love Jesus, if you don't follow Jesus, if you don't think Jesus is God, you're not in. Like that's, you're not a Christian. And we're not, we're not unified together with you because you are teaching false doctrine. Um, if you believe that Jesus is your savior, then we can start to work together on some things. Like obviously different people believe different things about, mm-hmm. um, now there is slippery slopes here. There definitely is. And this is where it gets really tricky. Uh, But there is things like, okay, well, how do you see women in ministry? How do you see the work of the Holy Spirit? How do you see, I don't know, um, non-resistance? Like these things is where there's a lot of diversity in these things. And I I do recognize there are slippery slopes there because sometimes you can't do what scripture teaches you not to do. Like Mm -hmm. that is not something we can be unified around. Right. Um, But in all things, uh, grace... And love for brothers, which brings us back to Psalm 133 that talks about like how amazing is it when brothers dwell in unity 
And so hopefully that is something that we can strive for. Um, hopefully that is something that we can be forgiving in. I like that you're calling out like understanding God's word, um, mining out of God's word, why we believe what we believe. Mm -hmm. Obviously there are different interpretations of different things. Um, and I think for me, I think that's where church history plays a big part for me personally. Um, history can teach us what Christians have believed in the past mm -hmm. and that can be helpful to us in the present. So yeah, I think that can be helpful. How about uh, your part? What do we do with this? So probably a challenge for today is just looking for ways that you can pursue unity with other believers. I understand that not everybody looks like you, not everybody practices their faith like you, um, but how can we pursue unity in the body of Christ, um, especially as we come into a culture that I think is increasingly antagonistic towards Jesus? Like in, I've, I heard a professor one time that talked about when when it seems like everybody's a Christian, that's when everybody gets to fight about like how they see different doctrines. But when there's almost no Christians, that's when you're like, oh, you believe in Jesus? Great. Mm -hmm. I'm with you. <laughs> um, so I think it is, we are in a season of let's enjoy dwelling with our brothers and sisters in Christ mm -hmm. and think about ways that you can pursue that in your day today. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks so much for listening to our take today. Before we get into the reading, if we could just ask you one thing, uh, if you've been enjoying the podcast, if you could subscribe to us and then leave a rating and review, we'd love to hear from you. And every rating we get helps us reach more people. Ultimately, we're just trying to reach people with the truth of God's word and your review will help us do that. So thanks so much for being invested in the podcast. Here's the reading for today. Psalm 133. Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. It is like the precious oil on the head, running down on the beard, on the beard of Aaron, running down on the collar of his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. Thanks so much for listening to God's Plan, Your Part. If anything stuck out to you, if you have any questions, or if you'd like to receive a Bible, you can email us at godsplanyourpart at gmail.com. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider supporting us through the link in our description. We love that you're on this journey with us, and we hope you have a great day. See you tomorrow.